0: One, two, get down.
1: This is Mark Mack, Mack. the Sounds Collective. Collective.
0: Pay the calls to be the boss.
2: to the Sounds Collective. Slightly different start for a track this week. Now, what we've got a very, very special show. An interview from the gentleman known as Chris Sullivan. Not only that, the gentleman's done us a mix and it's all about WAG. Now, for those that remember London back in the day, the WAG Club was the place to be. It was in Soho, absolutely packed most nights, full of shall we say, the right faces at the right place, put down as David Bowie's favourite club. He used to frequent it quite often. Now, Chris is going to be having a chat with us. Uh, I'm going to be playing tracks right the way through that used to be played on a regular basis for the night. Now, you're also going to get a chance to win yourself a copy of a CD. Uh, It is the WAG CD. It's a box set. It's four CDs. It is absolutely brilliant. It goes right the way through the decades with the music and it represents the nights that used to be played on a regular basis down in Soho. So, what I'm going to do right now, we're going to go over and have a little chat with Chris Sullivan himself. Chris. Hello. How you doing, mate? It's Marl. Welcome to the show. I really appreciate you doing that. That's My pleasure, fun. yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Wag, it wasn't a big club, was it? Oh, my God, you know. I mean, how on earth did you step from zoot suits mm. and uh, Latin jazz into mm. running the wag?
3: Well, it started prior to the the, the, the nights because when I was in say, in art college in Camberwell, um, yeah. at the time, the clubs were in pretty much the same state as they are now, yeah. in that you either had clubs that were there for rinsing the tourists, selling yeah. watered-down drinks, to a crowd of people who either came from abroad or came from the home counties, lots of Kent, lots of Essex, lots of Surrey, or, you know, visiting people from the provinces. And, or they were very clubs catering to the super rich, like you know, like your regimes and your legends and your embassy, where, you know, drinks mm-hmm. cost more than, rounded drinks cost more than most people's weekly wage packet. But there was nothing in between, so I started doing warehouse parties. In and also the way we dressed, all of us being kind of you know soul boys to begin with, me northern soul, then then southern soul, and then with the pink peg trousers and the mohair jumpers and all that. And then I was dressing Vivian Westwood stuff, and then you know sex punky kind of stuff. And, yeah. then, and then so anyway, so anyway, we were all so we just described ourselves extravagantly dressed for the times. I mean, I was always vintage myself, but uh, but Noah would let us in. At all, anywhere. So I started doing warehouse parties. And then at the same time, my old Norman Soul buddy, Steve Strange, started doing the Blitz and Billy's. And yeah. then I did a club called Samaritz, which was deliberately uh, anti deluvian And then it played like Elvis, Gerald, Billy Holiday, the opposite of the futurist music he was doing. That led on to me running a club with Steve Strange and Rusty Egan called Hell, whereupon I played funk music. Then I did another one called The Kilt. Uh, when I did the La Blue Rondo, which started on a whim again, and it was just a little idea. I thought, well, if Spandau can do it, so can I. And I did, and it happened, and they went on. And that sort of reared its head and kind of kind of got, interrupted both my artistic career and my career at running clubs. And so when that kind of died down a bit, when I got fed up, well, more like when I got fed up of it, I was offered an, a one-nighter at this place called the whiskey a go go and I'd, as I'd already tried to do it somewhere else, under the title WAG, I might add, which is the maddest coincidence that's ever happened to me in my life, really,
4: yeah.
3: I was going to do it at a place called Stallions in Falconburg Court until I went there, and the manager said, oh, our regulars have to come in, and then I then I went to the bathroom. I was appalled by the snogging Muscle Marys, looked like the village people at the bar everywhere. It was a gay, very stallions. It was a very, very hard gay club. Yeah. So I went to the bathroom to see um, two gentlemen performing acts I'd rather not describe on the radio right over the, over the Wasp Basin. So I pulled that night, and then six months later, I was offered the Whiskey-A-Go-Go, but I thought i will use the same name. I didn't. Can you believe this? I, right. I, especially me being a journalist, I didn't even notice yeah. WAG until when we did the upstairs. When, no, when we changed the name about seven, eight months later, somebody said, oh, yeah, Whiskey-A-Go-Go Wag, and I went, uh, because uh. uh, The reason I called it the Wag, because I used to dress in 1920s clothes. Yeah.
2: Was that the suit suits and and No, no,
3: that was, was after that because I, yeah. I no be, it's kind of before and after. I I used to dress in, like with a monocle and a you know, like burgundy yeah, Wooster
4: yeah. kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah,
3: yeah, And then I I kind of then because I always dressed all sorts really. I mean, you know, I I, I my 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 wandering mind, a lack of um, ability to concentrate on anything for too long does extend itself to clothes as well. So
4: Yeah.
3: Um That's brilliant. Yeah, so so I did. Yeah. So th- therefore, it wasn't that much of a big a leap, really, you know, because uh, everything that I had in Blue Rondo, I wanted to put on on a night mm-hmm. so that, that the same mix of music that I tried to infuse into the Blue Rondo yeah. was exactly the same thing I wanted to do at in a nightclub because you couldn't buy those records then and you, couldn't, yeah. you certainly couldn't hear them. In nightclubs in inner
2: in London. No, I mean I've I've listened to the CD. You've got some absolutely amazing tracks, and they are there. There's a lot of soul and old, that old sort of you know the early black music really wasn't it? Esther Phillips and things like Yo, that. Oh yeah, you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah. love. It. I mean Esther Phillips was one of my all-time favourite tunes. Home is oh. home is where the hatred is. And, yeah, and when I actually got this CD through the door. Stick it on now. And it's absolutely brilliant. You've been seated at the table and now you're ready to listen to. to, to...
4: Sounds Collective. A
5: junkie walking through the twilight. I'm on my way home. I left three days ago, but no one seems to know I'm gone. Home is where the hatred is. Home is filled with pain, and it may not be such a bad idea if it never, never went. Beats Close your eyes Watch me die You keep saying Kick it, quit it Lord, but did you ever try To turn your sick soul Inside out So that the world So that the world Can watch you die Why I live inside white powder dreams. Home was once an empty vacuum that's filled now with my silent screams. Home is where the needle marks try to heal my broken heart. if I never, never went home. Stand this far. Quit it, Lord, but did you ever try to turn your sick soul inside out, so that the world, so that the world can watch you die, can watch you die, watch you die, watch you die. Watch you, die. you say, kick it.
2: The excellent Esther Phillips And home is where the hatred is Again another track That would have been played regularly Down at the WAG club Right let's get back on over to Chris I wasn't around in London at the time Of WAG going back in the day you know But uh, I would definitely have thought It's one of those places that I would have Wanted to go to I mean where where Actually was it positioned in the It it
3: was in Seoul And it was uh, just south of Shaftesbury Avenue Okay but no. Soho then was a complete uh, and utter red light district. There were like 186 yeah. licensed sex premises. I mean, that's ones that were illegal, and yeah. every other door, every other window was a was a red light. It
2: was another was, somebody else in the window? Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah and it was every said model third floor. There were hookers on the street. There were pimps everywhere. There was, you know, the only people who really went to Soho were again like tourists or squaddies. Yeah. Or stagniters, or just
2: looking for a bit of weekend pizzas, relief, Looking yeah. for a bit of
3: slap and tickle, <laughs> and a fight as a rule, yeah. It's quite rough. So when we moved in there, then everybody said, "What well, you going to Solo? I went, "Well, yeah, you know, you know." I'd come in from Wales, you know. But that's what where I, well, I like take the prostitutes away. That's exactly what it's like in Tickle. Those <laughs> of loads of oikes going out looking for. Looking for slappers and a fight and getting too drunk, so that's exactly. I <laughs> felt quite at home. I did. So everybody was saying, oh, "No, no, uh, you know, don't, we don't go to Soho." I said, like, "Well, why?" And then, of course, you know, after a few years, and people got used to Soho and then the Soho Brasserie opened, and yeah, this restaurant yeah. then that restaurant and this restaurant, and it kind of and it's, it's it's transformed itself into the what it is today, which is another, as I call it, trouser capital of the world. Because yeah, it's yeah, like something yeah. like thirty-five independent menswear shops in Soho
2: now. Well, I mean, the thing is, is it's like anything else, you know. When it starts off as an underground, it eventually becomes commercial, you know. Well, yes. You know, because people can see that something's actually happening, and then they just Mm. want to get on the bandwagon. And then other people think, well, we can make a better idea of this and create uh, a, you know, chain or chain
3: you know. The wag never really got commercial because even towards the end, because I was I was running it, and it's mm. one of the things I don't know about you. Is soon as the are your radio show. I can't play or listen to terrible music. Yeah, yeah. I I am musically intolerant. Yeah. If if I go somewhere and there's a restaurant, I've I've been known to just turn around and If I go to a restaurant, and they put on banging house music when I'm eating. To turn around, refuse to pay the bill, and walk out.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: Because I just, I am just really totally musically intolerant. I can't, bad music to me, I mean, it reminds me of, you know, factory work.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, isn't it? It's like it's, going to IB, it's wrong. you know, it's, it's, I don't know what, years ago, I was speaking to Mark Doyle, you know, from Head Candy when he used to be, he's Fierce Angel now, but as it used to be years ago, it used to be mm. Latin house and the house music that you, you couldn't get. You know and the music not only that was that in-house but it was also soulful there was yeah
3: oh, I, I still i still like all that stuff i still play a bit of it when i dj you know you know but it, now and again
2: yeah but that that is the factor about what it used to be like you know yeah right? and as you say it's like you know you get right up to date nowadays and you've got things like the Ven- you know took the venga boys started it for me i just couldn't start playing the music that they wanted to to, to make you know and again yeah. you listen to any of my radio shows in the past um and 99 percent of them unless i've had to have my arm bent up my back would yeah. be would be just music that I love to play I mean we well was, you have to really you know
3: because if you once you rob yourself of your own criteria where are you
2: yeah very true
3: and that was what I did with the wag really was basically if I didn't like it you know then I just stopped it I mean or if it was too predictable or if you know because as you said when you know you with a, especially with the type of the clientele I was catering for who yeah. were as much as soul and funk, rare funk and soul aficionados as I was, most of them, Yeah. if you have a DJ who, who which I, I'm quite a fan of, mine, who went the easy route and yeah. did what like I call the K-Tel version of funk and, you know, started playing, like, you know, get up off of that thing and, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. followed by, oh, I, I just sacked them. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a few people. I just said, no, you haven't done your homework enough. Yeah. And once yeah. I could tell so there was one DJ whose name who became very loaded and got a lot of press and got columns and all that, and I got rid of him, okay. and, he was, and I didn't speak to him for years for that, and I said to him, listen, I know what record, if you play that one, I know what record you're playing six records down the line. Yeah, yeah. You know why? Because you played the same blooming records in the same sequence every yeah. night for a year. You're not looking at that, your floor, are you? You're not looking at your crowd. You're not looking at the people. you just, you just, and it's lazy. You yeah. know, lazy. Yeah. And yeah. I must say that a lot of the DJs I had, Hector, who's yeah. DJing at our party on that night, or Jerry Dammers, I mean, who also used to DJ at the WAG, yeah. they don't do that. They, you know, or me, we all look at the crowd and if they groove into a certain, you know, thing, if, they, if you keep the girls dancing. Yes. So, you know, so we never really went down. The commercial route. I think about it, as commercial we went was was towards the end when we had a night. This was which, which, which was the precursor to what was what was an eighties revival. Mm-hmm. But even that was you know it was still a good night because you know some of that stuff like the normal warm leatherette and United by throbbing gristle and mm-hmm. and, and your craft works and all. Yes. I I still think it's good you know and she she uh, was it called Regina X and all. It's still good stuff. I mean as long as you don't stick in rick astley you're almost
2: no, <laughs> you're, you're there, aren't you you're, you're almost there <laughs> if, if you're at rick astley you're at a wedding aren't you you're Ah, that's right i i sit in it you know i, I mean the yeah. same is I'm when,
3: the, the wrong wedding by the way because yeah. i hopefully i haven't gotten i hopefully haven't, i haven't got any friends who would employ a dj that would play rick astley
2: <laughs> and if they did they wouldn't want to invite you
3: oh they wouldn't invite me i don't get invited anyway because uh running the the uh i've i've i was always the scapegoat it was like uh i'd say i'd wives sometimes your girlfriend said to me oh thank you for keeping john out last night i go yeah. sorry because i always got the blame and he it was did. even when i it wasn't me i go what and he said yeah you kept him up to five in the morning at your club i went uh but i uh, and then i think, ah right okay i, I am i am the excuse is it's like yeah, yeah, he wasn't here with me at all, but I'm, I'm I'm an easy one to blame it on. So for years I didn't get invited to any weddings. Like about for about twenty years. Only when I had a wife and a, not a wife, a girlfriend I live with now for and had a child with her did people think I was safe to invite. Oh right, yeah.
2: It's a couple now. It's a couple now. <laughs>
3: I, with a word I don't like, is that one partner? I mean, what, what, what's that all about? Business partner or what? Yeah,
2: partner in crime for me,
1: really.
3: Right, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) This is Mark Mack.
2: listening to the sounds collective uh, slightly different format for us this week we have got chris sullivan in the house from the wag club back in the day one of the clubs that you had to go to and chris used to run the place not only that he still djs he's got a brand new cd coming out and on that cd you're gonna find that track that is all this love that i'm giving the cracking tune from gwen mccray us carry on having a chat with chris you started in designing clothes, did you? Am I right in saying that? Or? Well,
3: um, yeah. Well, I started off as a painter, and then and then what it was was it was at the time of um, Billy's and the Blitz when yeah. when. Um, you know, all the attractive you know, having having been sort of raised through nightclubs, I was always attracted to a you know, the more stylish, sort of raven haired, red lipped kind of woman. And yeah. on the painting course in Camberwell, they certainly didn't have any of those. They were they were more like roll up smoking birds with hairy legs and you know, <laughs> and, and, and and sort of matted hair. That was the type they had. It was this it was you know, so I went went <laughs> Yeah. So I started going to the parties and then I was all I noticed—all the pretty girls that were stylish were all on one course, the Saint Martin's Fashion A course. So, being a complete idiot, I, I, um, I, uh, I applied for it, and it's one every one place for every twenty thousand people. People said you never get in, and of course I did. And I then I did, and I was the—I was really good at the drawing of clothes. But I mean, the idea of me sewing anything is a complete anathema people just can't get their head around it now never mind back then I mean yeah. I was absolutely rubbish oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway I started designing clothes at that time through tailors and stuff like that yeah but I only had a few collections of clothes out when didn't go really too mad about it. it was I, I call it a, a momentary affectation that I I, I soon rid myself of. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but do you, I mean? Do you think that uh, you know that when when people started coming to the Wag, did you used to have sort of a dress code? Because a lot
3: of clubs. No, I didn't. Codes, it wasn't or, a dress code. Was it's it? more like an attitude code. Yeah. It wasn't a dress code at all. It was just people of a like mind. And they could be dressed in mod clothes, 60s clothes. I mean, the one guy in particular I spoke to yesterday, he said, oh, do you remember when I first came to the WAG? He said, I couldn't get in anywhere, and you let me in. He said, because I was dressed in a lime green safari suit. I mean, this was only in the 80s. I mean, this was really... They were only just deemed naff. Just then, but this guy resurrected them. He had an afro and a lime green suit, and, you know, he was the first to wear the 70s stuff. Now, this was so close to the mark that down the road there was a cinema in which the staff all wore lime green suits with flared trousers and things. things. So it was a small place, described what Saw was like then and was like up until the 90s, I might add. Mm. And, you know, you couldn't afford to let. Um, anybody walking off the street, which is people think is utterly ridiculous now that you can't do it. But but then was different, you know. It's almost like saying, Oh, pulling a girl is the same in two thousand and six as it was in World War Two. Yeah. It's not, it's a different different era, you know, and yeah. and if you let people in then lot there was a lot of intolerance in it, in Britain in the eighties. Yeah, no,
4: right. there was.
3: And there was definitely wasn't us and them. There was a group of people who dressed up and listened to unusual music and then you had the rank and file who hated us particularly there was the culture of the you know the beer boy who'd go out and have a fight yeah and yeah. uh they're the ones they're, they're the ones i predominantly kept out them or to pay you know non-participants because you know people just went there to gloat and take the mick really of the people it was there to protect protect the patrons not yeah. keep others out
2: Well, uh, yeah, I can appreciate that. I used to go around the whole of Birmingham DJing, not only that, I used to go out in several places. And I've been turned away from clubs, you know, basically. Uh, One of the first ones I ever got turned away from was Wobble. Uh, And I turned away because I turned up in a suit. I'd been out for a wedding and one of my mates, Jeff, got. And basically what what got me into the club on the night was the guy says, don't like your shoes, you're not coming out. So I took my shoes off, took my socks off, put my shoes on, put my socks on over my shoes and said, now, what do you think now? (laughs) and he he just (laughs) says get in get in yeah yeah and that was it i was a regular wobble then for 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 many years yeah Yeah. well i
3: was i was djing in a club in iceland in reykjavik and i was turned away because i had a suit on i had had (laughs) to call the promoter out to come out and get me while i was standing outside because they said no dj dresses like that
2: (laughs) (sighs) well i mean i grew up during the 80s uh the 70s 80s with the 80s especially with all-nighters uh, northern Solars and sort of jazz funk nights, you know. Yeah. And you used to have what, you, what you've what you just expressed, basically saying people drink, you know, everything else. But the the core crowd used to be there for the music. You used to get those Yeah, well, I, well I used to
3: go to Wigan and eat Stirling Sweet in the 70s. There was no drink on sale. Yeah, it was. Buy drink. Yeah, yeah, couldn't, yeah. Buy, couldn't buy a drink. Although, uh, Wigan or any, any of the northern places. Yeah, yeah. I used to go to in the mid-70s before I Moved on to the funk thing. But there was, there was, no, you know, we just, we were all on the. We say we were all chemically enhanced, and yeah, you know, was drink, drink was for idiots. Yeah, we looked down on people who got drunk. It was like, look at him.
2: Yeah, very. Even very though true. most
3: of the crowd were Exposal Boys miscreants who were probably as tough as you like, but they'd gone way past the drinking, and they were now in, they were delving into other areas.
2: Yeah, yeah, things to keep them going through the night.
3: All right, let let's let's use that euphemism, yes. Yeah,
2: to say, uh, <laughs> loads of water and a good and and some towel. Oh,
3: I didn't drink water. Yeah. God forbid! I don't think I drank water until the eighties. I don't think until till till acid house days. The first time I ever drank water in a in a in a in a in a premises. Yeah. Good lord. Well, I mean,
2: the the, the music itself speaks for itself, doesn't it? And music very often makes a club.
3: Yes, well, it is. Yeah, uh, music and the people. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, if you could spend millions on your interior, if you've got a if you've got a rubbish when I s me it don't think a rubbish crowd, if, you, because everywhere's different, but mm. if you've got a crowd just in there in there just because it's the place to be, yeah. And the music is terrible, then it's 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 not a great club, isn't
2: no, it? No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I mean it, it it's it's renowned. Waggy was renowned as God rest his soul, David Bowie as being one of his favourite clubs, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, you yeah. He used come out a lot,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean I met Bowie on the film on the film set of The Hunger.
3: Oh did you? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, yeah.
2: my uncle was basically a props master. And uh-huh. I was doing work on the hunger and I met him on there and he was a top man.
3: He Lovely was, fella, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? Know, I was in his video with Jazzing for Blue Jean. I was I was just, I had a speaking part in it. He nicks my girlfriend in the films so It's a twenty minute long film and then subsequently my friend. Julian Temple released um, did did absolute beginners which I worked on. I got all the extras and was there every day and he was in that. So then I got friendly with him on that. And then he started coming back and forth to the wagon. So I got to know him quite well. And he did his his blue jean video was shot in the wagon. He, he used my office as his as his dressing room and insisted on making cups of tea. That's what most impressed yeah. me. He said, No, you I've taken your office. At least I can do is make you a cup of tea and he I was. said but you're David Bowie he said no I'm not I'm David Jones uh, <laughs> my, grand, my grandfather was from my stake, so sit down <laughs> and let me make you a cup of tea <laughs>
2: brilliant well you know that, I mean that's that's the type of stories that sort of like endear you to the wag this is
3: Eddie Pillar from Acid Jazz
6: and you're listening to Mark Mack on the Sounds Collective <music>
0: We've got a dug on beat now. We're gonna call our very own. Uh. Nassau rock and Nassau roll. Nassau's got a whole lot of soul. Uh. Miniskirts, maxi skirts, and Afro hairdo. Nassau's gone funky Nassau's got soul now
1: Is Mark Mac?
2: You've got a brand new CD out, I know that. It's coming out very soon, yeah.
3: isn't it? Which took, by the way, four years to get, and people keep on saying, that, oh, this is fantastic CD, but if they knew how much work they put in, they'd see why. It was like, oh, we can have this track. No, not good yeah. enough.
2: Licensing problems.
3: Then I'd field another 10 tracks, none of which were able to be licensed. Yeah. And then they'd say, well, we can get this. And i go, no, sorry, not good enough. And it was, uh, it was uh, you know, me suggesting 20, them suggesting five, me... Refusing the five, suggested another twenty, which one would get through, and then this went on for four years. I must have, I must have, I must have proffered some, I don't know, about eight hundred to a thousand tracks.
2: Really, I mean that must be hard as well, because huh? you you you're talking about tunes. Obviously, you, you we spoke earlier on about tracks that you like or tracks. Yeah, that hard you to love. find
3: those as well. My other my other thing was because you know I'm a DJ as you know, so you know and. I I wanted to put tracks on that that, that were hitherto un, un unavailable either on a download or on C D, which yeah. a lot of the tracks are. They're 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 unavailable, cookies, Brother Soul, you got Miami, Kill That Roach, you've got um, Crystal World, Larry, Larry Saunders edit, you can't get that. I mean there's yeah. loads of them on there. You Plus Me equals Love, um Slave, You and Me. They're, they're first time ever on a CD or you know.
2: That's brilliant. I mean, and you
3: know what's amazing? <coughs> I played mine on my radio show yesterday, right? And I I played it. You know, played a few tracks. I played another one, uh, DC Larue Cathedrals. Yeah, yeah. And because we've remastered them, and and there's stuff in that track I'd never heard. Because it is like there's a bloody there's a sorry there's a bloody, yeah. there's, there's a conga solo halfway through, and I'd never even noticed it before. <laughs> because now it, it, it's been brought up and out, so I'm really happy for my. So I was going to be completely selfish, I would say i would really happy because when I DJ now, I've got all my favourite tunes on four CDs, which is yeah. going to make my life a lot. Easier. I could actually stick that in the bag, yeah. that CD, on its own, even though I use hard drives now, and, and I, that's my that's my three-hour set done.
2: Yeah. That is, I mean, it's, it's done. It's done. Yeah. I can understand that, actually, because huh. it is. It's like that those those favourite tracks that you just absolutely love, and you know yeah. these are the ones you want to play. Uh, yeah, you
3: start off with a bit of Roland Kirk, you know, you know, you know, Return of the Prodigal Son. Fred, then a bit of you know, you know, Mister Kicks, and you move up to a bit of Hard Work, John Andy, Then move into you know, then you go on to the other CD, then and do you know, sort of Shorty the pimp up up the tempo a bit, and you then you get a new Bell Man of de Bango, You move it up, all this love that I'm giving, Gwen McRae. Yeah. Then you go on to CD three, and it's 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 a, it's a who set there.
2: Well, that that's something I was actually going to ask you. I mean, in terms of from the start of the night to the finish, would this CD represent...?
3: Certainly CD1 would have been stuff that would have been played on most of the night, apart from the jazz nights. CD1 is like warm-up tunes, you know, yeah, which would have been yeah. played on the Wednesday, the Thursday, the Friday and the Saturday. And they're like the ones that I always like myself because you'd hear them, you know... Unfettered, as it were, without having to worry about you know people falling over and yeah, yeah, arguing yeah. with each other because there'd be hardly anyone in there. So they're the lot of tunes that I really liked. And then CD two would be when people would be up tempo. So that this would be early eighty three, eighty four. But even some of those ones on CD two were played right up until the death. And CD three is basically you know the jazz room really yeah. what we played, which was on the jazz room, and you know a few of those like probably the, the tune that was probably played most throughout every single night of the wag was listened here by Eddie Harris yeah that's the one that probably was played from the moment I opened it on like three or four nights. it was a star Wars throughout the throughout the the eras right up until um when we closed when we had blow up which was basically a mod night full of northern soul dancers and it was open to six am. Yeah. and Listen Here was still being played really? and then CD4 was, was I, I felt I should at least nod in the direction of what was happening at the time so the, and the, some of it like Dinosaur Go Bang and all that stuff by uh, the Arthur Russell that, that's precursors to the house stuff yeah. and then you've got a bit of you know Herbie Hancock you know Rocket know, I, I put that on because we were the first I think to play that because an acetate was given to one of my DJs by Herbie Hancock one night so yeah so it's kind of you know just a somewhat wide spectrum really of of the different nights but as i said um, it 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 says eight to 1987 but mm. to be honest with you it it's probably goes beyond because my attitude with music and as is the attitude of almost all the DJs, new doesn't necessarily mean good yeah, so you know people have always have always you know it got gone back forward sideways you know just what if it's good play it doesn't matter if he's ten years old yeah. 30 years old 40 years old and if he's right for that moment so yeah. and that CD represents that really
2: yeah that's brilliant because um, you know my philosophy is exactly the same if it's good um, if it's good you, is good yeah if yeah, you yeah. read my biography on, on what I'd send out to a radio station or to a, a record label or whatever it always says if it's good on my show it gets played um, yeah, yeah, not, yeah not the fact that it's it's current it could be current no the stuff I yeah. like to play is very underground um, it could yeah, be yeah. across the board but also I've done 70s shows uh, I've done yeah. Northern Soul shows I've done I've done an interview uh, with Elaine Constantine over the film Northern Soul. Yeah, um, she's an old
3: friend of mine. Yeah. I've yeah. known Elaine since, since about 1978, I think, 77.
2: Well, think. We, we, we did a, basically a, a two-hour show together, um, yeah. and it was covering all the, the class Northern Souls that covered all the stuff that she was sort of back in the day. Because the top of the world is where Stafford is. Yeah. And it used to be called the Grot, and it was a big Northern Soul venue as well. You know that through through the seventies and eighties, as such. Uh, and Elaine was even when we spoke about it. Elaine even says, "Yeah, I remember, you used to come in from the Stone Road. You used to come down the Stone Road." And she she actually remembered the praise but not only that, how to get to it. You know. So. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. music obviously imp- put into impartialed into her a memory of the actual night, and actually the club would do the
1: same. I would have. Thought. This is Mark Mack. <laughs> The Sounds Collective. I'm coming home,
7: baby. Now I'm coming home now, right away. I'm coming home, baby. Now I'm sorry now I ever went away. Every night and day I go and stay. I'm coming home, baby. I'm home. Home. Coming home, baby. Now you know I'm waiting for you. I'm coming home now. Gone. Coming home, baby, now You don't know what I'm gonna do I'm coming home, I know I'm overdue That you went away Expect me any day now, real. Soon. I'm coming home Come on now. home Coming home, baby, now You know I'm praying every night That everything is gonna be fine Come on Coming home, baby, now I want to be you, hold me tight Expect to see me now, anytime. When I'm in your arms I'm coming home, Uh-oh. I'm coming home, baby, now, you know I'm coming every day, I'm coming home now, yeah, 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 use the phone, I'm coming home, baby, now, and baby, let me hear you say, I'm coming home, you hear hearing what I say, that you're coming home, but I never will go away, hey. I'm coming home. Long, baby, now was the reader right about. I'm coming home and never more to baby. Tell me, you're for
2: sure coming home. I'm coming home. home. I'm coming home. Brilliant tune from Mel Torn. That's coming home, baby. Again, you will find that on the CD. Again, what we're going to do now, we're going to go back over and have a little chat again with Chris when the club finished. What did you do where did you go from there what happened next? well
3: uh, luckily I'd already started writing for the face back in the 80s and then and then I um, then by, by that time I'd already been you know I loaded read for loaded when it began a columnist an interviewer and did, did wrote features and then then between 97 and 2000 I was the GQ style editor which also meant doing travel features and doing you know I, I looked after 19 pages every month so that was just my my little section which I controlled and wrote about and then I did features and interviews, by that point I was asked to write for the Financial Times which Mm -hmm. led to writing for the Times and then The Guardian and then after this, so when 2001 came and we closed I already had a career in my back pocket you know ready yeah. to go and also there was the DJ, in which I'd also been doing lots of so I had that and I had the writing and I, you know also you know and for a little while I mean I didn't pursue this but I almost did Was I was directing promos I did Kevin Rollo- Rollins and yeah, well, quite he's... enough stuff in my back pocket you know yeah. just, just to crack on with
2: Well that's brilliant I mean it, so you've got to this point now do you reckon after how many years 10 years of bringing WAG CDs out do you reckon there could ever be another one
3: uh, well, yeah, now, I think, you know, now that the record company has seen a tremendous response we've had, particularly radio-wise and otherwise, and, yeah. you know, five-star reviews right across the board, mm. I think they'll sell out, I think they probably will have underestimated the appeal of this, mm. and, you know, and, and hopefully we can do another one, or, or also, you know, when once, you, once your mind is alerted to, oh, that'd be good on a CD, you start, I mean, yeah. I could do another one tomorrow, yeah. if, if, if. You know i would just this time i would just give them a huge list and say go on you can come back to me in a month in six weeks time and tell me what you can what you can what you can do But well, now it's done once hopefully you know the the door is open as it were literally you know finding you know finding out the one of harlem underground so yeah. i want to do that sheba sheba track and we had it we had it and then he then then the the main the songwriter died right <laughs> And then Hamilton Bohannon, I wanted to use Bohannon's beat, and then we discovered that he's he's just retreated into a world of paranoia behind some big estate in Philadelphia with a machine gun, and then right. we, or, or stuff like that. Then I got in touch with the guy, the lead guy from Brother Soul, so we that's why we had Cookies, which has never been released. Yeah. Yeah. Either on si- single, or or on on a CD in this country. This was was released on one CD, and it wasn't. It was it was the um. It was just it was taken off a seven inch, which was on it, which was on import. Yeah. So so it was like that. It was tracking people down, you know, finding them. So now that we've got now that we've got the the wherewithal, I would do another. Yeah. If do, if, if this sells good, of course. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, uh, you talk about digital just quickly. Are you gonna? let this be downloaded as well or is it just going to be cd yeah,
3: music's music when i grew up with vinyl but i'm not like you know like some yeah as you know northern solas was. i turned up to do a northern soul gig with with with, with, a, with a hard drive and they were absolutely appalled it's like yeah. well is this just music it? you know these are wav files i've got this music is music you know i think yeah. i'm going to be getting tubes you know you're paying me 200 pounds to travel halfway across london to do four hours. I said, the taxi, if I take vinyl, it's £50 each wage. So that means you only pay me 100 quid. Yeah. No. I've got none of that snobbery. Music's music. I would say, though, that if you are going to buy this, I would buy the CD and I would upload it onto my, onto your computer rather yeah. than buy it from download because the, the download is more expensive. Yeah. And a WAV file has got all of the top and bottom at a 12-inch used to have.
2: Yeah. Well, that's exactly well, that's why I'm telling people
3: buy the CD, upload it. You've got a nice little thing with a forty-eight page or fifty-page booklet full of photographs that I've written myself, yeah. penned myself to tell you the whole history. It's a nice package, but there's there's my, there's my bit of preaching. I always buy CDs, I right, because you know you got some great compilation CDs that are out these days, and not only my one. There's some they cost like a fiver, and there's like thirty tracks in it, of which there's probably ten real gems. Which yeah. which and they, which which if if you if you if you, da, if you bought them off iTunes, you'd pay ten pounds and you can't play them out because they're just really bad quality. Yeah, and you don't own them because iTunes only let you put them over five devices.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that is the problem, isn't it? I mean, one of the things I got, I used to use. Remember the old rebirth of cool CDs
3: oh yeah 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 yeah
2: some beautiful stuff off that i mean one of my all-time favorite tracks on there was martin garot revival
3: yeah oh yeah of course yeah i think my friend did that yeah
2: beautiful tune absolutely beautiful track that was one of my all-time favourite tracks. That was Martine Garou and Revival. Beautiful tune. Right, finishing off the little chat with Chris, this is the last little chat. Then I'm going to play one of Chris's all-time favourite tunes. And then he's in the mix here on the Sounds Collective WAG special. Come back from the yeah, top. And yeah. it would, just to take the edge off for an hour or so, sit down, you know, yeah, yeah, and just lay out some... Nice, nice quality tracks like that. Mm. And this, this, that first CD that you've got on here—that sort of like after that is really, you know, video. yeah.
3: But well, you need that, you know. I mean, you know, DJing is like sex—you need a bit of petting first. You can't go straight in for the kill. That, you, I don't know, Chris, breath-
2: there are some people that just like to hammer it home, don't they? Yeah,
3: exactly. It <laughs> <laughs> might work in the bedroom, but <laughs> sometimes it certainly doesn't work like, in a club. I was DJing the other week and. <laughs> I got this place really rocking, you know, you know, playing I was moving it up a bit, playing a bit more, you know, sort of re dis- edits re some disco stuff, then yeah. moving into a bit of disco-y r- 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 deep house stuff like Claptone and, you know, Dimitri yeah. from Paris and then putting on a purple disco machine and it was all, you know, Harlan and Hopsin. It was all rocking and this girl came in and DJ'd after me. And she just went yeah. <coughs> you know, and all of a sudden the place emptied. <laughs> yeah. I went I went to have a pee, went outside um, not travel pee, of course. When I with a bit of fresh of I'd been in there for two and a half hours. So I just went for a little walk, came back. It was about, I, it was about twenty people on the dance floor as opposed to my hundred and fifty. Yeah. So it doesn't work, you know. People, you know, you got to warm them up. You got to. They, that's why it's called warm up. Yeah.
2: Well, you, you know, that is the beauty of it. Years ago, you used to tell a story, didn't you, through the night? You just, well, yeah, of course. Yeah,
3: there's that's got to be some kind of journey, some travelog. Yeah. What I try and do, of course, is try and mix as many musical genres as, as I can, all under the same, you know, basically black, you know, jazz yeah. or yeah. funk jazz umbrella. But you know, it'll be, you know, even I like just put a bit of dub or a bit of reggae, and I'll mm-hmm. throw that in as well. A bit of 60s, a bit of northern a bit of boogaloo, a bit of you know our rhythm and blues. You know, so well, that's what makes dj interesting. If you can keep people dancing by and still you know play about five different six different types of music that's yeah. that's what keeps me interested yeah. you know you know you know Brilliant. you know it's like you know they've just they da- they dance along some fa- fa- oh let me try Johnny Hooker bump yeah or uh, let me try Amos Milburn bump or or you know stuff like that oh you know so that's what keeps me interested anyway so it's, not, it's a constant challenge
2: well you, you see, see you've, you've hit the nail on the head there's the DJ that would look at the dance floor and also get the vibe of the room
3: yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You can look out, you You look at your dance floor, you look out across that room, you can see what not only that's happening on the floor, but also what's happening at the bar. You've got heads bobbing at the bar.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're away wavy, really, because, you know, I... I, I, I Two drinks later, and they're on the floor. Yeah, you know they are. Yeah. Not laying on the floor, dancing on the floor. But ten <laughs> drinks later, they're <laughs> yeah, on the ten floor. Ten drinks later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: l- listen, Chris. What I'm going to do, I'm going to let you get on, my friend. I know you've got some articles to write. I, what I yeah. am going to do, I'm going to thank you. You, it, I've absolutely loved having a really good chat to you, and it's been. Thank a you, real thank joy. you for having me. You know, and I've got to say, it is uh, my face lit up when this came through the door.
3: Yeah, Jeff Young from Jazz FM. He said this is CD of the year. It's, everybody's like, uh, you know, it's really great for me because after at the end of the month, I was really at the end of it. Oh, please, just can I just finish this now?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, my my report back when I got asked what I thought about it, I just said, you know, well, I'm going to pick CD one and two to start with. <laughs> What's your yeah. favourite track if you could pick one?
3: Which CD because they're all so different. It's like it's almost like when I was in when I was studying art. There was a thing called a categorical eye. Yeah, that's what it's called. You can't really judge uh, a Caravaggio next to a Rothko because yeah. they're completely different. Yeah. So I could pick tracks of each CD just about, just about. Okay. I mean,
2: if I say CD yeah, like,
3: one, I, well, maybe because it's. Um, it was so hard to get Maybe because it reminds me Of my great old friend Who committed suicide Paul Guntrip Who was a big northern DJ He's from yeah, from Hillsbury Cookies, Brother Soul Was always one that I loved Yeah. Who stole the cookies On the cookie jar yeah. This a superb track um, Listen Here We're always um, and, and you know it's just From track three Then you've got You know Hijack, Herbie Man Probably track two Either that Or Crystal Glass, Crystal World Yeah Um and then, you know, it's probably a couple, really. I mean, you know, I mean, there's loads of them. It's really hard. I mean, I really, yeah. every time I play that, Freddy's Dead by Don Ronaldo, my, my, I perk up. I mean, that's a fantastic yeah. track, which is very, with an album track, uh, which I picked up only because the album had a, with, by MFSB had a picture of a syringe on the front. Right. In a coffin, and I thought, "Oh, that's rather novel." I yeah. this, so that that one there's, there's loads. But I say, "Freddie's dead." It's hard, you know, I'd have to pick four or five behind.
2: Yeah, it's a difficult thing to do, isn't
3: it? Oh, really? Well, that's a mark of so good product, isn't it? If you're having a hard job picking them, you know, then you've done a good job. You know,
2: fantastic, Chris. You're a real yes. gentleman, it's been a real job. All You look after yourself, mate.
3: oh well I've got a I've got an interesting job now. The Times have asked me to write a piece. About uh, the six best, um, or in my opinion, fictional nightclubs ever. So, fictional. I've got to get my thinking cap on for that one.
2: You mean, like, sort of like the one out of Saturday Night Fever? And,
3: yeah, or the one out of Gilder, or the one out of, um, oh, yeah. you know, Pub Fiction. Not that I would use Gilder, I might do, but, yeah. you know. Cool. You have to think outside the box a bit to do these things. Who wouldn't have thought
2: about that question?
3: <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Uh, I thought I thought they wanted real ones, which would been much better for me in a way, because there are very few people that's actually been to the Bandouche in Paris, or it at its height, or the Mud Club New York, or Paradise Garage, or Studio 54, or yeah. The Cave out in Mykonos, or I mean, I've been to them all, you know, the Coup Club, in, 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 in I, I, I was hoping it was going to be that, but yeah. I said, oh yeah, I can do that, and they turned on and said, no, fictional ones, which is... Quite an odd brief, so I get on with that. <laughs>
2: have a, get some right, coffee mate. down here and have a good day, pal.
3: Marvellous stuff. Okay, thank well, you very much. Bye-bye. ta Chris.
2: That was Chris Sullivan. What a top gentleman. Absolutely brilliant. Now, for your chance to win yourself a copy of that CD, stay tuned. After Chris gets makes you're going to get a chance to win the whole package, four CDs, in a brilliant little box set. Also, you've got Chris Sullivan himself doing us an exclusive mix here on The Sounds Collective.
6: Who stole the cookie from the cookie
8: jar?
0: A minute ago I saw a hook head in a jar. Oh wow.
1: Mark Mack, Mac. Mac. the Sounds Collective. Collective.
0: Collective. Wait a sound and tell the people, the people, people. about the physical news coming your, your way. way. Yeah. The Hi,
3: I'm Chris Stoller from the White Club, and I'm here on the Sounds Collective in
8: It's a rhythm to the hub, man, hands-on rhythm. Timbali man, got stick rhythm, 180B, 360 degrees. Gonna add a few more ingredients, gonna get a little bass, a little flute, drums, and if we can get you, we got everybody. Tchau, tchau,
3: from the one club and I'm here on the Sounds Collective in the
1: is the Sounds Collective. (laughs)
2: on mix Some absolutely cracking little tracks there. Now that was Chris Sullivan from The Wag Club. Now you can actually get this CD that Chris is talking about right now. Just for those people that used to go to The Wag Club, there's some real members on here. And for those that didn't, there's a chance to have a listen to what it was all about. Alright, I hope you've enjoyed this part of the show. What I'm going to do right now, I'm going to jump on the decks and play some classic funk. Some classic funk and soul. It's uh, out of my normal Genre, I know that I'm normally up to deep house, house music, sort of left field side, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. This is finishing us off here on the Sounds Collective. Myself, Mark Mack, in the mix for about the next forty-five minutes, I'd Enjoy.
1: This is Mark Mack. The Sounds Collective. This is Mark Mack.
6: As we stand then we're rocking free Okay
1: This is Mark Mack, The Sounds Collective.
2: That's it from me here on the Sounds Collective. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, That takes me back some, I can tell you that now. Some cracking little tracks from uh, a good few years ago. All brilliant tunes. Reminds me, I know I do the Deep House Sounds Collective normally, but that I've actually enjoyed doing. Really, really enjoyed. And what a terrific guest. That was Chris Sullivan from the Wag Club. Now, he's got that brand new CD. I told you, you're going to get yourself a chance to win a copy All you've got to do is tell me David Bowie's real name. He did actually mention it in the interview. Tell me David Bowie's real name and send your answers to markmack at soundscollective.co.uk That's markmack at soundscollective.co.uk. All right, have yourself a great week, guys. Thanks very much for having me. That's been the Sounds Collective WAG special. Now, remember, you can actually buy this CD right now. It is a storming CD, some classic tracks on there. A great little booklet tells you all the stories about the actual WAG club as well. All right, so have yourself a great week. I'll see you soon. All the very best, guys. Good night.
1: This is Mark Mack, The Sounds Collective.